It's time for another episode of the Josh Cast. Josh Cast. A world of adventure awaits us. Join me as we whisk away to the mystical land of Wilmington. Oh, wait. Sorry, I'm just I'm just getting I'm being handed something now. Yes? Oh, oh, oh I oh. Oh I see. I see. Unfortunately, we don't have the budget to go on a mystical adventure to Wilmington. We do have the budget to go to Toluca Lake, California. Ah, all right, that's all right. And what will we be doing at Toluca Lake, California? What adventure will we be going on? We will be buying bottled water. Flavored bottled water. What an adventure it shall be. Who shall I choose for this quest? I must have a steely knight. And I must have a thief. And I must have a wizard. And together, all of us shall return in absolute glory with bottled water that's grape-flavored and somehow sugar-free but probably still bad for my bladder. All right, I'm, all right, that's good. All right, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. That's just me being silly. Can't have too much of that silliness going along. So, bladder condition's still kind of bad. And it's, at, the, at this point, I don't know what it is that's causing it, food-wise, because I feel like I'm not doing anything wrong anymore. I did have caffeine yesterday. Oh, that was the realization I wanted to talk about today. Just let's see what happens if I just tell the truth. Ha-ha-ha-ha! <laughs> let's just be honest. I'll start with the fact that I don't like that I'm phlegmy in the morning. I wish I could wake up perfect. Like Fabio. I bet he wakes up perfectly. Fabio, there's a good dated reference for you. That's what I wish. I could wake up perfect. Stand right up. Turn to one of my two Brazilian supermodels and say, I'm ready to start the day. Let's go on a quest to Wilmington. Because in this version, I have the budget to do it. Ready, refresh. You choose, we deliver. Bottled water delivery service. Again, I've discussed this on recent podcasts. Don't trust the water. I don't trust anything. I'm at the point now where I just assume that anything that I imbibe, anything that I ingest is bad for me. Even if it's free-range kale as opposed to kale that's grows up in a cage. Even if it's free-range kale, I'm assuming that somehow there's pesticides on it or 
it was taken through a factory and there was there was a wafting of bad air on it. I assume that everything coming at me is in some way poison. And uh, and it's it's terrifying. But I also used that as justification for eating the sugar when I was eating the sugar. Which was that, well, if everything's bad for me, <coughs> well, that's embarrassing. <coughs> that's also embarrassing. Like what you're experiencing right now, by the way, is what I like to call full Snyder. This is what we are. This is, we're just a collection of allergies and medical conditions. That is what we are. Full 100% Snyder, right here. Let's pull away the mask and reveal the face behind the Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera. There's a musical. That's a thing with music in it, isn't it? I've talked about this before. I'll talk about it again. I, it bothered me that the guy who played the Phantom of the Opera in the movie looked as pretty as he did. Gerard Butler, and he, you know, he did a great job doing it. He did a great job with the role. But he looked, you know, I want to, I feel like, this is what I feel like. I feel like if, if, if a woman had to choose between me as I am and Gerard Butler with his phantom scars, they'd still go with Gerard Butler and the phantom scars. They'd be like, what do you, oh, what do you, you know, he had like one tiny scar on his lip and that was, oh my God, the phantom of the opera, he's a monster. I think a woman would look at the two of us and go, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take uh, Gerard Butler. He's still, it's, uh, listen, it's, once the lights are off and you're under the sheets, uh, I'll go with Gerard Butler, thank you very much. But maybe I'm just projecting. That should be the title of my autobiography. Maybe I'm just projecting. But I've struggled with my looks for years. And I've struggled with it. And, and you know, I don't know the answer to this question. Maybe the reason why I don't get as much attention as I would like from women is because I have condemned myself and I've said to myself well I'm ugly and so that that feeling that I'm ugly energy I've created a self-fulfilling prophecy maybe that's happened but on the other hand I feel like there's a difference between when I walk into a room and when Chris Hemsworth walks into a room there's just the magnetism. He has a magnetism. Attractive, really attractive people have this, this, just this pull. And I don't, I don't think I pull people in. I don't know that I push them away either. I'm very neutral. 
I don't affect, you know, you launch Chris Hemsworth into space, into the solar system, he will throw Jupiter off of its rotation. You throw me at Jupiter, Jupiter won't notice. You go to Jupiter and go, hey, did you see, uh, did you see Josh? I'm sorry, did I say what? You know, the little, that, the little guy that was, the little Jewish guy? What? No. What? What? Who? The little Jewish guy. He, he, he flew past. No. I mean, does he know Chris Hemsworth? No, he doesn't. Well, then what do I care? That's what I envision happens. Now, it could well be that external circumstances may change that. And perhaps someday if I become fabulously wealthy, then there will be magnetism. Now, even that, you know, even then, that's an interesting premise. If I became fabulously wealthy and world famous, would there be, I still think there's something primal. There's about an, you know, an attractive alpha male that no matter what I do, I will never achieve that. And that depresses me. And I hate people telling me, well, accept yourself for who you are, Josh. You know, that's, at the end of the day, that's all I can do. But it's not a consolation. I've learned to love myself for who I am. Well, yeah, but I'm still a schmuck. So what did I love myself for being a schmuck? I think half the reason people say you need to accept yourself for who, they, for who you are is because they're tired of hearing me complain to them about not accepting myself for who I am. So I think what they really want to say is I don't want to hear it. I'm too busy looking at Chris Hemsworth. I've got better things to do. Does Hollywood and does culture make this worse? That is to say, by taking these icons, by taking Chris Hemsworth and by by putting him on, you know, putting him in all these movies and putting him on a pedestal, is the culture saying to everyone this is what beautiful is. And I genuinely don't know the answer to that question. I feel a lot of people would say yes. Because that's, those are the image that we are being bombarded with. But on the other hand, you know, is there not something compelling, as I was saying, about a person who is... Well, you know, that, that is an interesting question. How much of this is, is dictated by social norms? Because back in the day, you know, when you look at all the Renaissance paintings, the women in the Renaissance paintings were bigger. Because back in the day, women who were a bit, you know, a bit bigger were considered sexier because 
By being bigger, it meant they could rear children. It meant they were healthier. It meant they were rich. So the, the, the notion of what was beautiful was, in fact, related to the entire culture. Now, here's the question. How bad would society have to get for me to be considered the pinnacle of beauty? If I am the healthiest example of a male, I feel like it would take a nuclear apocalypse to get me to be a sex symbol. Wow, look at him. Wow, he's, he's got all his limbs. Man. Look at that piece of meat right there. He didn't mutate into a half-man, half-skunk person. So what did you say your name was again? Uh, my name was uh, uh, T-Bone. T-Bone. Yes, T-Bone Murderer. That's my name. I see. And... Uh, and uh, do you remember the nuclear holocaust when it happened? I, uh, I don't. I was very young. Um, but I, I mean, it was, that was the time when I grew my skunk's tail and became half man, half skunk. I see. And uh, how have you been surviving ever since? Well, I mean, people generally don't bother me because I can make it smell. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I'm a loner. Basically, I'm kind of like Mad Max, but I, I can't digest milk products. It's pretty much the same thing, though. And uh, I, you know, wander the deserts and uh, try not to get eaten. Thankfully, you know, I became a mutant skunk person. A lot of other people weren't so lucky. You know, the people that became, you know, mutant chickens, well, they're eaten. Same thing with the, you know, I, I had a friend name was Tim and he was became a half man half salmon and that was he was hunted it was horrible he was hunted and they you know the they served him the machine gun gangs would eat him on you know on holidays oh that was terrible that and the fact that he just felt compelled to swim upstream for no reason that was that was horrible. I I would much rather be a skunk man. I mean I I mean it, you know it'd be great if I was you know half man half lion. That'd be cool. Those dudes. I mean they you know they are the alpha males. I've yet to find a female skunk woman. That has that for some reason hasn't happened because that's how life works. So I have. You know, I wander. I'm, I'm lonely all the time. You know, I don't... I could wear leather. I should wear leather. That would fit my motif. But I feel bad about the, you know, the mutant men cows. So I wear pleather. He wears pleather. T-bone murderer. Skunk human. T-bone murderer, we're a bunch of children and they're wandering the Australian desert. 
Could you take us to the promised land? T-Bone Murderer. Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, my name is uh, T-Bone Murderer, and uh, I, I don't, I'm really a passive, I'm into passive resistance, so I'd rather not fight you in this Thunderdome. Uh, I'd rather not do that, please. Let's, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to spray you with smelly stuff. You're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. Please don't, I'm going to spray you with smelly stuff. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I, all right, I'm spraying you. See, I told you, I told you you weren't going to like it. I know, it stings, doesn't it? Yeah. I live with this every day. Yeah. Imagine going out on a date with me. That's right. That's right. All right, I'm going to take the kids now, unless anyone else wants to smell this. I'm going to take the kids. We're going to, we're going to go, okay? All righty. Pleasure doing business with you. T-bone murderer, skunk man. T-bone murderer, skunk man, could also be the name of a ska band. Well, that was pleasant, wasn't it? Quite pleasant. Not as fun as a as a glorious adventure. To Wilmington, but still. Fun nonetheless. Bladder thing's still worrying me. I'm, I, I'm afraid that it's something serious. But I don't know. And the doctor doesn't know, and that's what's creepy. And I wish it were not happening. And I don't know what to do to fix it. I feel like I'm living in the world that I don't know today, and I don't like that. I know that it sucks. It really does suck, this bladder thing. I guess that's, you know, you're young, and then when you start to dabble into middle age, you just expect to always be uncomfortable. I will just have to expect to always be uncomfortable. That's middle age for you. It's just body, your body's, you know, little subtle ways of saying, hey, not a big deal, but just want to remind you, you're going to die. Hey, heads up. No big deal. Just a reminder that you're going to die. That my friends is what I'm thinking about and that my friends concludes our podcast for today it's been an absolute pleasure thank you and good night